All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of She's Busy AF. Today we have a guest feature, and her name is Krista Walsh. She is a website copywriter, a strategist, and she helps client-based businesses turn their websites into lead generating machines. Today we're going to talk all about why the popular online home metaphor for your website does business owners a disservice and leads to strategy mistakes, and what other metaphor she recommends you keep in mind instead while you create your website. Krista believes that by offering mindset shifts about how a website should function in your business, you will gain clarity and confidence to start the daunting process of creating your site, and you will avoid making conversion-killing mistakes without having to throw away your instincts and exactly follow someone else's template. We, a lot of our values align, so I'm very excited to have this conversation. And without further ado, well, let's go ahead and dive in. Welcome, Krista. I'm stoked to have you. We, like I said earlier, have a lot of similar beliefs. So I know this is going to be a really awesome conversation. First things first, I want you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about you. And really, I'd love to start with your background and how you landed in this place of your career today. Thank you, Lauren. I'm excited to be here too. Yeah. So as you mentioned at the beginning, I'm a website copywriter and strategist. For people who don't fully know what that means, it basically means I'm writing the content for people's websites as well as creating the structure and the the flow that a user should ideally go through somebody's sites so that they're motivated to take action if they are an ideal client for the person's, whoever website it is. Um, as far as my background, I don't have a conventional entrepreneur path if there is such a thing. I did not do that. I graduated college with this kind of funky niche degree. I went to like a liberal school, like a a little tiny college where you could sort of like have these creative degrees. So my degree was in book publishing and I worked throughout college at different book publishing houses only to find that I really did not want to do that. The corporate life was not for me, despite it being in this creative space and the fact that I loved books, that has not changed. So instead, I ran off to Spain to do a a teach English thing over there. They invite people from English-speaking countries to teach in their public schools. So I did that. I taught elementary schoolers for a year. While I was over there, I started freelancing, um, doing at first editing, because I had done quite a bit of that in the book publishing space, like editing books and things like that. And it slowly morphed over that year into doing more writing in the marketing space. Okay, wait. So before we talk a little bit more about that, um, you talked about books. I'm a huge book nerd too. What is your favorite genre? My favorite genre to read is cozy mysteries, actually. I am a massive Agatha Christie head. Uh, It's probably one of the only things I'm like a fan of. Um, actually, one of my first writing gigs was ghostwriting cozy mysteries for this like mass market publisher. So I've published like 25, 30 books under different names because it's just like hire different writers to like write under the same name. Um, and that was really fun. And definitely one of my goals creatively is to publish a cozy that I am proud of and want to put my own name on. Stop. That's so cool. Okay. Well, I will read. I love mysteries, but my favorite are like thriller, thriller mysteries. So like Verity. Like that speed, <laughs> that stuff is like, page, I need like, I need a page turner. Like if it's slow, I I just, I hate life. So that's really cool. Okay. Well, now we know a little bit about your background. Now we know what your favorite book genre is really cool. I did not know that that was your background. So 
very awesome. And I, and I understand, I guess, why you are where you are today. So let's talk about this online home metaphor. What is that? Like, why, why did you coin, like, or what does that term mean to you? And what makes it unhelpful from a strategy perspective for people looking to build their own websites? Sure. Yeah, I'm not sure who invented it. I just, I hear it thrown out a lot. Like, your website is like your online home, essentially, um, especially in the online business space. And I think it's a disservice because of how it leads people to think about and structure and write the content for their website. So if you think about a home the primary goal of your home when you invite people in is you want to make them, one, feel welcomed. You maybe, you know, give them a tour of your house and you're like, look at all my different rooms. Look at like my cool knickknacks. And you want to sort of invite them, have them feel relaxed and at home and let them wander around and pick up your stuff and admire it. And then there's not really a goal beyond making them feel welcome in your home. So if you apply that metaphor to a website, you end up with websites that are essentially doing the same thing. People are writing headlines like welcome to like as their homepage headline, like welcome to my business, essentially, with their whole goal being to welcome people in and make them feel cozy, which isn't wrong. I'm not saying don't make people feel cozy, but just that that shouldn't be your primary goal if you want your website to convert for you. So it's been like a little bit. It also leads to structural issues like just having all of these different pages where you're sort of just throwing your stuff up there, hoping people will wander around to your different pages or rooms, if we're going with this metaphor, maybe stumbling into something that's beneficial to them instead of guiding them through a really specific path. Wow, that's really interesting. I've heard, so I've heard online home. I've also heard like digital storefront. What are your thoughts on like digital storefront? Do you think it's the same thing or do you think that is more in line with what the metaphor is that you prefer people go with? Digital storefront, I think, works perfectly fine if you actually are running a, an online store. So if you are a product-based business or you know, even a digital product-based business, that I think is appropriate um, because you're not, you're not trying to sell like one specific thing. You really do have equal, like a bunch of different equal products, like 20 equal products. And so it's really hard then to guide people toward one thing. But for the businesses that I work with, which are client-based businesses, so coaches, creatives, consultants, firms, anybody who primarily serves clients, they often have one main thing that they want people to do on their website, even if they haven't consciously spoken it into existence. And usually that thing is, we want people to get on calls with us. Like We want people to be filling out a form or booking a sales call or doing something where we can then sell them on our probably high ticket service or collaboration in person. Guide them like after they land on your homepage, what do they need to do, do next and then next and then next with that end action being book a call or apply for a program or, you know, fill out an inquiry form. I could not agree more. Um, so if you don't like that metaphor online home, what is the metaphor you want people to think of? Nice. I like it. Yeah, uh, it's sales funnel, actually. So a sales funnel, when you think about a sales funnel, it's a, it's a funnel. So people are coming in and then they're either immediately thinking, oh, this actually isn't what I wanted and leaving, which is perfectly an okay response. But if they are like, actually, this does seem like what I was looking for, there needs to be one next step for them to take. 
So for instance, if somebody lands on your homepage, different website strategies I've used, like one has been, they land on your homepage. We have kind of this complex service, so we don't really want to try to explain it all through like these massive services pages. Instead, we really want people just to be getting on calls with us as fast as possible. So the call to action on your homepage is always book a call, book a call, book a book a call. We're not asking people to do to do a ton of reading or try to wrap their head around it. We're just trying to get them to feel safe enough and intrigued enough to reach out and get in touch with us in person. Other businesses, um, like for a photographer, for example, maybe you want to make sure that the people getting on calls with you understand your process, understand what it's going to cost to invest with you. So you're not getting on calls with people who are tire kickers, who are you know, just looking for a quick quote. So from your homepage, we might send them to a how it works page where they get all of that information. And then from there, they go to the pricing page. And then from there, they book a call. So that once people have gone through all of those stages, at the bottom of that funnel where they're actually taking that action, they're extremely qualified. They're probably thinking, this is something I want to do. And if I don't get to do this, it'll feel like settling. Yeah. So what I hear from that, and it's just like something I totally agree with, is your web, the purpose of your website should be to qualify somebody. Like all the way up into the action taking is like they're working their way through the sales fu- funnel to be qualified to get on the call with you. Yeah. I think there's a an equal balance between you want to qualify people enough, but you also want to only do it as much as you need to. So we don't want to have people have to jump through a ton of hoops just to get on a call with you or just to reach out. But you also do want to make sure that they understand what they need to understand in order for them to make that decision of, of, no, this isn't for me or hell yeah, this is super for me. Cool. So for someone who, let's just say, so I think a lot of my audience already has websites, right? And, or they, or they may be wanting to revamp their website. Do you have any tips for like, I guess you could say auditing your site to see what is the next best step for me? Is it, because I think a lot of people jump to, it doesn't look good enough, but they, what they really may not realize is their site's not converting well enough. Um, And so I guess my question there would be, you know, how do you increase website conversions? And like, how can you make someone aware that like, that's the issue, not design? Yeah. So design can be an issue. But if you've used a template, certainly if you've worked with a professional website designer or brand designer, I'm going to say that's probably not the issue if your website is then not converting. The issue then is probably your messaging. Um, If you did your design yourself and you have a blind spot as to how it actually looks. I mean, ask a friend and like, hopefully they'll be honest with you. If your design does look unprofessional, then it could be that. Um, But if not that, then it is your messaging. Um, What I would do is go through each page and one, make sure that everything you've written, everything you've included is in service to your one goal. So what do you want people to do? So at no point should you find yourself sharing something without a clear goal. Um, Another high impact thing I'd recommend doing is taking a look at your headlines and making sure your headlines are doing some heavy lifting for you. So if somebody were to only read the headlines on your website, would they get the gist of everything else? The answer should be yes. So if you have a headline that's like, welcome or a lot of times people will have headlines that are just the page titles, like 
about or my services. And you're really asking people then to read all of the fine print kind of to get any information at all. Um, So your headline should either um, do what I like to call like a newspaper style headline. So you give away the entire story in the headline. Like if somebody only reads the newspaper headlines, um, they understand basically what happened, even if they didn't read all of the details. So that's what your headline should be. The other style you could go with is more like a clickbaity style. So the headline is designed to intrigue people to keep reading. That one's a little harder um, if you're not like a wordsmith or you're not really plugged into what would be intriguing. So I usually recommend people who are DIYing to do like the newspaper style headline. I love that. And I've never thought of it that way. It's incredible. Like how you can be so in your industry and not think of something like that. But it makes so much sense. Like I think a take a huge takeaway from this episode is everybody go look at your website and just read your headlines out loud or just write them down on a page and say like, does this aid to your overall goal? And if not, like maybe it's time to, to rework your headlines. Um, a question I have with that is I think a lot of people, especially business owners who are like bootstrapping and doing some things on our own, Um, we all get in our own heads about how good something looks or how like, is this effective? Because we may think it works, but maybe our ideal client doesn't. And so what are some tips or advice you have when it comes to maybe writing your own headlines or um, just kind of looking at your copy to make sure this is something that would be intriguing and enticing and is in my brand voice? Yeah, totally. It is really hard, right? I One of my clients put it like, when you're inside the bottle, like you can't read the label on the outside, like it's just really hard. So one thing that I do for all of my client projects, and it's something that I recommend somebody do if they're, if they're doing their content themselves too, is I interview the clients of my clients. So if you're sitting there um, and you haven't done this yet, this is something that I would do to help you get that outside perspective. You interview, I usually do five to six. So choose people who fit into this like, dream client worlds, like the people that you want to attract more and more of, interview them for like 30 minutes, just ask them some questions about like their their client journey. So before they worked with you, what were they struggling with? When they met you, what made them say yes? What made them say yes over other solutions or other people doing the exact same thing as you? Um, during the process, what stood out to them most? What surprised them? Afterward, you know, what has happened for them in their life? Like how is their life or business or whatever it is your zone is? How has that improved or changed? Um, and why would they recommend you? So just some really simple like journey type questions to help understand their perspective. Um, I usually recommend using a transcription service. Uh, the one I use is Scribby, but there are a ton of them. There's like Rev. Usually they can be you know, fairly cheap and actually getting into into the data and seeing what they said and looking for patterns and what people are saying. I actually heard of a software like total sidebar. I heard of a software recently where like when you're on a call, it will transcribe while you're on the call and it'll put it in chapters. It'll put the video in chapters and you can like label the chapters. Yeah. I'm going to find out what that is and link it in the show notes because it is a game changer. Um, I've used it that once. And I, <laughs> I know. I can't even remember the name. I will make sure I get that over to you too. Um, but yeah, that's like such a thing. Like I feel like in my business and I'm sure like in the, like who's listening to this now too, you record calls with your clients, but like I can't tell you a time where a client's gone back and watched a recording of something because it's hard. Like you don't know where things are. 
Um, and it can be yeah. a lot of work to like take notes while you're listening. So yeah, tools like that are, are really helpful. But what I've gotten from this overall, like this last question here is like that market research is extremely important and you should never be like shooting in the dark at what you think your ideal client wants to see or read. Right. And that could be a huge reason why like people aren't converting on your website. And with that, I would love to ask and or like, I would love to get kind of your opinion on social media then as a result. Now, my audience knows this and um, I'll put it out there too. Like I'm a firm believer that social media should not be your number one marketing strategy. In fact, it's a top of funnel marketing strategy and things like your website, your blog, things that have um, like a, a searchable um, aspect to them should be more important. So with that, I would love to get your thoughts, your opinion on social media versus like having a really good website and how powerful one can be over the other. I think I'm guiding your answer, but you can go ahead and tell us. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree with Lauren. So no, but I do, but I will also elaborate. <laughs> um, so I'm actually going to share something that one of my clients shared with me on like our closeout call, which is that she was like, I'm really excited to launch this website because I've noticed when people view the new website and they get on calls with me, they're people who are ready to invest. So she's a, a pet photographer. Um, and for her, it was a challenge of getting on calls with people who wanted to pay like $200 to get some like digitals of their dog where she's selling these like big artwork things that are like into the hundreds and thousands. So she was experiencing a lot of sticker shock with people who like found her social media, like saw her cute dog photos and was like, oh, I could do that for like 150 bucks or something. Right. Um, so what she told me, she was like, I'm going to now start sending all of my social media traffic to my website. Well, where then they'll go through this journey that we set up on her site so that if they are somebody who's ready to invest, they're prepared for that. And they're the ones ending up on my calendar and other people, you know, they're going to get my freebie. They're going to join my email list and they can grab my like specialty photo shoot group things that I do a couple times a month that are in their price range. Um, instead of having people go straight from her Instagram to booking a call with her and then having to overcome sticker shock on a call and usually not being able to do that because sometimes you, you just can't if somebody's budget is really like thousands of dollars less than what it costs to work with you. Wow. See, that's and that is. I so agree. That is like the right yeah. way to do it. I feel like so many times business owners have websites that are killer and could do so much for them in the way of the way they receive traffic. But when you're driving from social, it is really important that people go through the journey there because they could get to know you on social media and hear your voice and see your wins and whatever. But like your website is really just where it's going to make them feel comfortable, right? But also be your effective sales funnel and cut out so many steps. They may never have to have a conversation with you on social and just be convinced there and say, that's it. I'm ready to purchase, you know, or go through yeah. and realize, oh, I maybe have some money to save before I invest. Um, yeah, it's that's so, so, so um, important. So one more thing about using social media or any other sort of marketing is that people will end up on your website usually at this really crucial stage in the, the client or customer journey, and that's the decision stage. So somebody will, like your social media is awesome. Like I'm not saying don't do any sort of marketing, you absolutely should be. Um, but they might follow you for months, but then when they decide, maybe I'm in a good place now to like 
work with this brand designer, work with this coach, or work with this consultant or photographer, at that point, they're going to go to your website to get those details about pricing and et cetera. And so you really want your website to be doing this incredible heavy lifting for you and selling your value of what it actually is and not just passively throwing numbers at people, basically. So yeah, do the social media. It's awesome. Just understand that your website should do more than exist because it does serve a really crucial purpose for you, even if you know, you're amazing at Instagram or Pinterest or something. Yeah, you're so right. It's like they they go from problem aware to solution aware on your website. Well, I'm going to leave us all with this one last question, which is why is it important that business owners understand website strategy before hiring a website designer? So that's a great question. I think a lot of us, myself included, if I weren't in the website world, would assume that you know, building a website starts and ends with how it looks, like the prettiness of the design, the vibe of the design. Um, And that's certainly a part of it. But you need to also make sure your website is working like a sales tool for you. And pretty design, same with like pretty words, aren't going to get you there. You really need people who are people or yourself who are thinking about the sales element of your site. So how you want users to move through your site needs to be laid out either by you, by your copywriter or your designer, if they have like UX experience. Um, And then think about the, the prettiness of the words and the prettiness of the design. Absolutely. And I think it's really, um, I think this is really crucial because I feel like a lot of people go in and as like a show at design partner myself, I've dealt with this with clients. And this is actually why I offer site strategy. Like every project gets site strategy um, unless they have it because it's really important that whether they're writing the copy or working with a copywriter, which I'll sometimes partner with, if you don't have a strategy in place, it makes the designer's job really hard and it can end up falling on the designer at the end of the day if something doesn't, like if the client's site doesn't convert, let's say. They'll be like, well, my designer did a bad job. When really like you need a strategy, you need to have like a customer journey outlined um, and just be very strategic. The designer will, the, a good designer should know like that every call to action on the site needs to be the same color. Like the call to action that you want them to take the most, that button needs to be the same color everywhere, but it can't be, that color can't be used repeatedly. Like they're going to know the visual aspects of things, but they're, you know, having that site strategy done or doing that either with your designer or with your copywriter is so crucial to having a site that converts. I could not scream in that more from the mountaintops. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so glad you do that. I mean, because I'm sure you've had this experience with people, because I have, where people have come to me to work with me because last year they hired a design firm or something who was kind of just like, like the client didn't understand website strategy and the designer was sort of just serving the client's whims. And so like I had this one client come to me and they came in with a website with like the navigation on the side instead of at the top with no like headlines at all through the site and stuff like this. And like the design was cool, but it was really hard to navigate and it was really hard to understand. And when I talked to the client, basically they were like, well, I just thought all these elements were really cool. And the designer just did them because I told them to. And in that instance, that would have been a case where if the client or the designer had understood the purpose of the site, they would have, you know, the client would have asked for those things and the designer would have pushed back and been like, actually, it doesn't make sense. 
to do it this way. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's kind of our duty as service providers to push back, you know. And I'm and I'm big on that with my clients too. Like I've had clients say, like, mm, I want to nix the the uh, copy in the footer that's that has the description of the company in one sentence. And I'm like, no, that is a heavily SEO optimized piece of information. We are not deleting that, you know. So, yeah, it's I think you know on the other side of things as a service provider, like, do not be afraid to push back on your clients. <laughs> So awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, Would you like to now share with everybody where they could find you, how they can work with you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on my website, of course, KristaWalshCopywriter.com. You can also find me on Instagram at KristaWalshCopywriter. Those are the two places I am at. I am going, you mentioned like tangible things people can do on their website to improve it. I am almost ready to launch. So I'm sure by the time this airs, um, it's called the DIY website audit checklist, which literally takes you page by page and has you check off some elements that you need um, to make sure, you know, to get you that first step toward having a website that converts. So I'm really excited about that. So you'll be able to find that on my site or my Instagram or whatever. Awesome. I'll make sure we get that linked in the show notes, whether it's out before or after, don't worry, we'll get it added there. So make sure you guys check out the show notes, check out Krista. She's absolutely amazing. I can't wait to keep following along your journey. I'm so glad that we got connected. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much, Lauren. This was really fun. Okay, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of She's Busy AF. If you are interested in grabbing that DIY website audit checklist from Krista, you can go ahead and check out the show notes and also feel free to connect with her online on her website or Instagram or Facebook. And I also in the episode mentioned um, that software that allows you to scribe things. It's called Scribe How and you can add chapters to it. It's a really fun tool. So make sure you check that out. I also linked that in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. If you enjoyed this, please share on social media. I love to hear, love to see. Please leave me a review. This helps other entrepreneurs just like you find this content and help their businesses as well. With that being said, I will see you on the next episode of She's Busy AF where we will be talking about why you need to stop blaming marketing for your lack of sales. So don't miss this up that episode. It will be out uh, next Wednesday, just like it is every Wednesday. And uh, we'll see you there.